0: Are you suffering from back pain? Well, I've got the thing just for you. 15 surefire tips for relieving back pain, plus 192 others just in case, volume 1, available at Amazon.com. Over 30 million Americans are suffering with back pain at this very moment. The vast majority of these cases are either caused or exacerbated by common lifestyle factors. Many of the same factors may be causing you pain right now. Join board-certified physician Andrew Kirshner as he guides you through the parts of your life where these problems occur and gives you simple, safe, and effective solutions for these common daily pitfalls. In this fun and informative book, you will learn how to identify the aspects of your life which may be causing you pain, how to create a back-friendly environment, how you can improve your pain by improving your sleep, ways to make a pain-free commute, how you can perform daily activities without making your pain worse and much more. Andrew Koshner is so well respected in the field of back pain relief. He has, you know, famous clients such as DJ Jazzy Jeff. He has done uh, many talks and lectures at universities in the UK. He has appeared on QVC, demonstrating back pain relief products, and that is because he is an expert in his field and people trust him. Also, check out the five-star reviews on Amazon.com. This is the book that you need if you suffer from back pain. That's 15 surefire tips for relieving back pain, plus 192 others just in case, Volume 1, available at Amazon.com in paperback. Check the link below the show for more information. Just when you thought that there were already too many podcasts in the world, here comes another
1: one. Foxy, the long-awaited DVD from legendary timeside comedian Alan Fox. There's a fella going to do some DIY. He went down to the library said to the bloke, ''Have you got any books on shelving?'' And she said, ''They all on shelving.'' <laughs> ''There's enough license near me. He's had that many bricks through his windows. He's built an extension on the back.'' <laughs> ''Old dyslexic had a farm. E I P Q F. The chemist, ''Do you have anything to cure a complete loss of voice, please?'' The chemist says, ''Good morning, sir. Can I help you?'' <laughs> baby's father's just passed the baby across the vicar to be christened and the vicar took the child in his hands like that. He said, what are we going to call this little man? He said, we're going to call him Mary. you got hold of me thumb. <laughs> Should never have married her. I tried to warn him. She was far too keen from the start. They met on a blind date and she turned up in a wedding dress. You know what I mean? <laughs> I married Miss Wright. Mind at the time, I didn't realise her first name was always.
0: Who does he think he is? Come around here with his bloody podcast. Hello kids, welcome to another episode of Pablo's Poppin' Podcast, I hope everyone's doing fucking fantastically. Um, this week's a bit weird, uh, because it, <laughs> my guest has sort of stepped in at the last minute, which I really appreciate, because uh, next week's guest is, well this week's guest is going to be next week, so yeah. Um, so it, with the audio that you heard at the start, uh, that was my guest's granddad, Alan Fox, and you should all go out and buy the DVD. Uh, where did the royalties go Jack?
2: Um, not on me, I'll tell you that for <laughs> now. Um, you know, you know we, we occasionally get a, a royalty check through, which is still nice, at least people are still enjoying it and buying us. This is good. Well, I have,
0: with, good. I have with me drummer, friend, sex symbol, rapper, <laughs> philanthropist, and all-round serial, comedian. Kill, serial killer comedian, what, yeah, and okay, uh, yeah, Jack Johnson. Uh, and how, hey. are you, how are you doing today, sir?
2: I'm very well, thanks. Thanks for having us on. Ah,
0: uh, uh, not at all. Um, yeah, this is kind of weird. This is just like our like weekly conversation. Usually, <laughs> yeah, you know, we eat out at TGI's, in uh, Nando's, and everywhere else a bit too much to the point where I'm starting to get sick of everywhere now. Um,
2: I'm, yeah, well, I mean, we kind of went off. <laughs> not 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 on bad milk and TGI's because that place. I mean, the mozzarella dippers are just the reason that I live. But <laughs> I haven't been there in a long time. Let's see. We have been there for a little while.
0: Yeah. To be fair, though, they keep changing the menu, and you know, you get used to it. Then,
2: That's true. That's true. Yeah. You get you get a favorite, and then fuck it. up. I was going to ask actually, are we allowed to swear on this thing? But oh yeah, 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 fucking. Yeah. I don't know whatever you said, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Come. 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 Yes. So um, I, I love the story that you told because um, for those who don't know, Jack's granddad, uh, Alan Fox, was a professional comedian for... I mean, decades really, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, about fifty, sixty years, yeah.
0: Wow, uh, that's yeah. that's crazy. Um, I love the story that uh, you told us about the royalty check that he gets, or that he used to get, because he's he's sadly no longer with us. Um, yeah. But uh, can you tell everyone the story about him getting the royalty check?
2: Um, what I, I don't know which story, it's just that it wasn't for very much.
0: Yeah, basically not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: um, yeah well, yeah, it was like um, I don't know if uh, who, people who listen to this know how putting the DVD out works, but obviously it costs a lot of money to put it out in the first place. So the kind of offer you're a deal um, where, say, you get a percentage of sales or you can get some money up front and then they keep the percentage of sales. For some reason, I think my granddad kind of probably thought a bit. highly of himself and thought the DVD would sell very well so he asked for a percentage of sales and then you know gets like a 12 pence royalty check every six months or something (laughs) because it costs a lot to make a DVD and put it out and distribute it and stuff but um you know I mean he still it's he if for all he was a professional comedian for 50 years he only put two DVDs out so he's still a working comedian working six seven days a week um, so that's his money wasn't from DVDs. It was from actually being on stage. So it was just something a bit extra, something a bit more fun.
0: Oh, absolutely! To do. But like all the you know, because you are uh, doing it now and you're doing a good job of it as well. But it's not like you well, can thanks. immediately you know start getting paid gigs or whatever. You know, it, and it, like. Uh, life is just different now, you know. Back then, yeah. entertainment was probably, you know, it wasn't like you could entertain yourselves quite as easily. So, yeah, like I can imagine that, you know, once people found out that your granddad was good at uh, comedy, that you know, people would go, you know, and make a big deal out of actually going out for a night to see some comedy and stuff like that. And that's how he's been able to make a living off it.
2: Yep, that's that's yeah, that's, that's pretty much right. I mean, it's yeah, it's a lot different. No, I keep saying, I keep thinking, oh yeah, like I do comedy, but I, it's no, it's nothing like when my granddad did. Like my granddad would do an hour of like joke jokes, you know, like good old fashioned one liner jokes. Whereas mine's more like, um, I, like, for a start, I haven't got an hour's worth of material. Then mine's more about like my life and stories and stuff about my life. So
3: yeah,
2: that's it's different. And I think, um, I think if my granddad got a chance to saw my stand up and some of the nights that I. Perform stand up art, I don't think you'd be—not <laughs> that you wouldn't be impressed, but I just think you'd be like you wouldn't understand it. I wouldn't get it as such. It's just times change. It's just that's just how that's just how it goes, isn't it? Especially no, in the like, and uh, the entertainment industry is so mad and changes every couple of years. Just one of them things.
0: Absolutely, but as well though, your granddad, um, I guess, like his uh, style of telling jokes—they were relatable to. You know, Northern England. you know what I mean? Like oh, of yeah, sort of yeah, yeah. Uh, working class, kind of. You
2: know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He he, he, um, he went around the country, but it was mostly northern. He never worked London, which I thought was a bit weird because I think there would have been some good money there. But yeah, it was very northeast based. Um, he had about twenty jokes about this guy, this character I called Little Geordie. <laughs> I no idea what that's all about, but um, yeah, it was very northeast based uh, stuff about the. Coal miners and shit like that. Um, so, yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> no, I the, fucking, I forgot what the question was, but yeah. No, no,
0: well, that's the thing, I'm, a, I'm you know, and sometimes I'm a shagged podcast host as well because I don't ask a
2: question. <laughs> I kind of
0: say something as a statement, expecting you to go, well, actually, and then sort of, you know, continue the conversation on. But uh, yeah, yeah well, what I've always said, as being a podcast host, you don't need any training whatsoever. Like, you can do it in your underwear, <laughs> in your room. That's true. Uh, that's why everyone bloody does podcasts now, and you know, yeah. most of them don't get listened to, sadly. But um, <laughs> yeah, we just need like some kind of apocalypse on entertainment where there's only podcasts left. And, uh, I
2: like podcasts, you know. I think, I think podcasting and um, like Netflix and streaming services is the way of. Like, I remember when I first started listening to podcasts, my granddad was still alive. And um, obviously, he used to listen to the radio when he was younger. So, And I was listening to a podcast, and he was like, oh, you're getting a strong signal on that. It's very clear. (laughs) And I was like, it's not – I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. (laughs) Just call me bothered with the conversation about it. But it's just – you can find – there's podcasts on bloody everything. I've listened to a podcast about – the, the diecast Seinfeld episode, like, uh, dissect Seinfeld episodes. Yeah. But the, the episodes themselves are only really 20 minutes long. The podcast is an hour and a half. I don't even know why I, fucking, <laughs> I I've seen the episode. Why the fuck am I watching it? I don't know. That's amazing. Um, like, yeah, reviews. I mean, as a
0: big wrestling fan as well, like, that yeah, seems to be the big thing. Everyone's reviewing old events now, and it's like, you can just watch it. But to be fair, if you can, <laughs> yeah. if you can, if you can review it in, like, a really entertaining way, and make you think things about it. I mean, like, I understand as well that I can, podcasts can be for those who maybe are, like, I don't know, maybe don't have the, I, I don't want to say this in a bad way, but, like, the best, like, social life or maybe, you know, a bit oh, of course, social yeah. anxiety and stuff like that. And if you, like, can connect with something and, you know, um, feel like you're a part of a conversation or something like that, I'm sure podcasts have, like, really helped people.
2: Well. I, I, I suspect it has. It, it, it's 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 one of them things as well. Like you say, um, if you've got like a niche interest, yeah, there'll be other people out there that like it. You just <laughs> try not <and find> <laughs> it?
0: Unless it's, I don't know. There'll be some podcast that like, every, <laughs> like it, it's just it, people have checked it out and they've been like, nah, no, no, <laughs> like,
2: not for me. No.
0: But but I don't know because like obviously that there's everything. You know, there'll be a type of porn for everything, so there's got to be a type of <laughs> podcast for everything as well.
2: Welcome to Jake's dog bowling
0: alley. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about dogs, that ball. You know what I mean? Sorry, yeah, I know. Or using dogs as bowling balls? You know, <laughs> that's harsh. Well, I don't. I did, there's this uh, amazing uh, GIF on uh, Facebook um, where it's it's curling, but they use cats. And it's been, see- it's been see- CGI'd in though. It's amazing.
2: Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. I'm. I'm definitely more of a cat person than a dog person.
0: You do have a cat, yeah, but I I, I can understand I that because like you've got like a bit of a I don't know you get pissed off at things quite easily and you don't have, you don't have much time for things. You know what I mean? You yeah, know, that's fair. That's you have the times you've told me you're like shut the fuck up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's uh, so, so yeah, you're very cat-like in that uh, in that sense.
2: <laughs> I also have a tail. So. <laughs> comedy comed- of, C- comedian, right yeah, there. comedy. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, so yeah, I, like this is kind of a weird like podcast because we are friends, and obviously, yeah. we're going to be playing some hive mind uh, stuff later on. Um, yeah. You know, but I'm hoping that like people find this entertaining because otherwise they're just listening to two people they don't know, like having, <laughs> having this conversation that they have just about every week. But like for those yeah. those who don't know, uh, Jack, I mean, you are a drummer and you've uh, drummed in a few bands, but you currently drum for Toxic Melons, my band. Um, Correct. And you uh, are the drummer for Hive Mind, which is kind of, I guess, that's your wife and I'm like your little tart on the side. Um, <laughs> yeah that's very true my little gay tartan <laughs> on the side <laughs> um, so yeah we met each other we met each other at uh, I think it was a telegraph gig wasn't it
2: uh, oh yeah of course yeah that's where we initially met each other although not that like, that's when we're not sorry that's probably not when we became best acquainted
0: no absolutely not like, um, but you had a Cactus Jack t-shirt so I think that's why uh,
2: yeah oh a, yeah it's true yeah, an original then... one as well <laughs> i wouldn't know anything about that to be honest dude you, um, could,
0: you could sell it make some money off it
2: it's got holes in now man I oh, really? okay. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah the telegraph yeah that was when i was playing that's uh, funny enough that's when i was playing guitar in a band called rainfall down um who i actually the singer in rainfall down i now make rap songs with this is how mad my musical career is because <laughs> uh, you just introduced me as a drummer at, at a gig, where I was playing guitar, at, and I now make rap music and to sing. Out, so it's, it's a bit all over the While telling jokes. So. While telling jokes in between, yeah, and <laughs> doing some dog balling afterwards. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, as we met at the, the Telegraph, and then uh, at university a couple of years afterwards. We did. Uh, uh,
0: who was in Rainbow Down? It was uh, it was Chris Garrick and Richard Milburn. Were they in the band?
2: David Garrick. <laughs> David Garrick, that's really bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah David using... Garrick, yeah, and uh, Mil... Richard Milburn and uh, Martin Trollope, who's the guy I make rap songs with. Ah, and um, we also had a, a female, um, Rosie Thompson, who unfortunately a couple of years ago passed away with cervical cancer. Oh,
0: dude, didn't know that. Yeah,
2: that, yeah, oh, that was uh, that's a whole cool situation. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, rainfall down. Had, had some had some good times. Um, we we're all quite young, so it was kind of like. Inverted commas, cutting with teeth in the gigging, yeah. northeast gigging scene. Um, but a lot of fun cramming at the back of uh, Milburn's blue micro with all the equipment on <laughs> our laps and getting drunk and stealing equipment and <laughs> doing <laughs> yeah. all the crazy shit that crazy kids do. Uh,
0: did uh, so? Was that your first band?
2: Or? Uh, no, no, that was that was my f- probably my first real original band. Yeah, um, I was in a band coming out of school, starting first year of college uh, with Richard Milburn and a couple of other lads called uh, Three Kings and a Jack.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, that was just like, we were just young kids with guitars and a drum kit and just wanted to play Chili pepper songs and crazy covers and try and impress girls. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and then, you know, we kind of, what happened? Matured. Yeah, what happened was that
0: did uh, someone come in as the writer and was like, let's try
2: it? Or uh, well, yeah, Mil- Milburn. I mean, I'm I like I'm promoting Milburn pretty hard. I mean, you know, you know Milburn a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's a mad guy. One of my oldest friends. Um, mad creative. He makes images and little films, and he's just wild. He's got a mad brain. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he used to write a couple of songs and would. Do them um, sporadically amongst covers and stuff, but just kind of, I don't know, it wasn't, we didn't really take it that serious. We just kind of did a couple of gigs and we were just finding ourselves. And then, um, I think with Rainfall Down, it used to be just Martin doing acoustic songs, and then he just kind of, Garrick joined the band, and then Milburn joined the band, and then he did a drummer, and I was at hand, and then just one of the. It's it's South Shields, man. Like I'm, I'm from South Shields, I know you're from Newcastle. Yeah.
3: Um,
2: but if you're a musician in South Shields, you know all the other musicians in South <laughs> Shields, so you'll you'll end up crossing paths in a band together at some point.
0: Yeah. Did you just play a lots of venues around Shields? Then I, I know you played in town as well, but was it mainly
2: Shields? Uh, oh. Well, funnily enough, um, my first ever gig uh, playing drums was at a venue in Shields Town Centre called the Dougie Vaults. Right. And uh, my granddad used to run a night there, the Dougie Vaults, when he was first starting out as well. Oh, well. and I didn't know that until like at the time of the gig. I mean, Mum was like, you know, you quite used to run an idea." I was like, "Ah, oh, it's weird, weird coincidence." Yeah, totally. Um, but I really started my uh, musical career, so to say, at a, um, a place in Shields called the Cave. It's like a recording studio, um, youth centre place.
3: Yeah.
2: And uh, when I first started. Rap and that was the first thing I did was rap. Um I just found the studio, went down and uh just started writing some met met a couple of other lads because rap's not a big deal in the northeast, really. <laughs> it's it's a bit of a all, all my friends um who were into music as well all played guitar. They yeah. were all into like the, the darkness and um A yeah. C D C Zeppelin and all that kind of stuff. And I just thought it was like, for some reason, I don't know why I hadn't expanded my brain yet, but I just thought it was like the worst kind of music. <laughs> I wasn't into it at all. No. Um, but they were all going to the cave to, to practice being in bands and play songs. And I was like, I'm going to check it out. And then just by chance happened to be two other lads there who also rapped. And I was like, we must have been the three, only three lads in Shields that knew rap songs. So we just kind of stuck together and made some songs. And that was... Um, Cafaria 3, a little band I was in. We, we, <laughs> and I was only 16, maybe, at the time, but because we were like a three-piece rap group and we did a couple of gigs, we um, gained some, some what's, what's the word, notoriety? Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, around Shields, and we played, um, there was a gig called Sacred at the Temple, uh, which was at Temple Park Leisure Centre, which the cave put on, and it used to just get so busy, and there'd be all sorts of punk bands, and my friends' rock bands were on, and then they'd put the rap group, us, in the middle of the set. It would be jam-packed. would sell T-shirts, and people would be taking pictures, asking for autographs, and that was mad. It was absolutely mad.
0: Yeah, Shields seems like its own world. You know, like the like people yeah. value, value entertainment in Shields by people from Shields. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah,
2: they really, they really do. They really yeah. do. I mean, uh, nothing... Nothing gives a better example than uh, when Joe McGeldry went X-Factor. Not that... I mean, I went to school with Joe McGeldry, he was a year below me, and uh, I always knew he could sing in that, but, uh, I mean, I don't really care about the X-Factor, but it's whatever you've got to do to get it where you want to be. and yeah. Oh,
3: There's
2: a difference to me, but, um, yeah, like she, when Shields was head over heels in love with him when he was on the X-Factor, not that I'm saying that I was anywhere near bloody Joe McGeldry's stays, but um, it was great. It, yeah, it was, it was great. That was... Um, a fun time when I was started rapping, and uh, and then I, I wanted to do GCSE music. at school. I did do GCSE music at school, but um, my teacher said that rap wasn't musical enough oh, to do me exams. Really? Which I can kind I can kind of say it's not, it's not really melodic. It's it's kind of rhythmical, but it's not you know so.
3: Uh-huh.
2: Um, he just kind of said, "Like you might want to try drums to pick up something relatively easy."
0: Oh, so you hadn't played at that? You hadn't played at that point?
2: No, uh, no, oh. I hadn't. Um, I just learnt the basic bum bum cha, boom, bum cha, and played Guns N' Roses knocking on Heaven's door, and then ten years later, here I am on
0: Pablo's pop
2: podcast. On yeah. Pablo's podcast <laughs> in I'm... Toxic
0: Mounds. Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, when you were writing. Like raps at that time, we was it just about stuff you knew, or because you were influenced by like um, I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah, mis- go
2: on. Yeah, go on. Name five rappers <laughs> right now.
0: Go uh, okay, two pack. Uh, okay. Biggie Smalls. Nice. Um, does N.W.A. count?
2: That counts as one.
0: Does that count as one? Uh, Come on, you missed. You Vanilla missed the big guy. Vanilla
2: I can't believe you said Vanilla Ice (laughs) and not the other white rapper that's the biggest in the world. Um, Shaggy. um... Oh, poor Jesus. (laughs) Um... Well, come on, you haven't said Eminem.
0: Oh, Eminem, of course, yeah. Yeah, you
2: said Vanilla Ice and Shaggy before Eminem. (laughs) You know what I mean? Come on.
0: Um, Yeah. Um... Yeah. I am a white uh, man. I am a white uh, man. I, 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 I can't. I can't jump, and I can't name rappers. So, um, um, uh, yeah. yeah uh, so were you like? Them. So when you're writing them, were you Were you writing that kind of out there kind of stuff, or were you keeping it local, what you know, sort of thing?
2: Um, uh, the first few songs, I, I probably still got them somewhere. Yeah, I had a bit of a like a bit of an American accent, <laughs> and a bit like talking about love smoking. To hear them. Ah, oh, it's terrible. I'm okay. sure my mom's got them somewhere. Uh, Talking about smoking weed and stuff. Like that. I've never smoked weed in my life. Uh, um, but it's just that's just you don't oh, know any better when you're 15, you know? Yeah, I mean.
0: look, all of my mates who uh, were if, I mean, influenced by stuff like Tenacious D and, uh, yeah. but even stuff like Oasis and stuff. They're saying about getting high, and uh, yeah. you know, like. My mates had probably never really smoked weed at that point, but or even if they did, they saw it as weed as their life sort of thing, so everything was about <laughs> you know, partying and getting high and uh, four twenty. Four twenty and uh, you know, playing shite fucking uh, you know, Oasis style tracks. Not even like yeah. Oasis But like but but doing it at parties and really impressing people with like the four oh. or five chords. you know. Yeah. You know what it's like. Know. Yeah.
2: To be young,
0: yeah. You can't do that with drums. Though. There's never like a random drum kit in the living room, is there? Like, I
2: know that's always <laughs> fucking. That's why, that's why I had to learn a couple of chords in guitar just trying to try and get by. <laughs> um, but yeah, but yeah. But when I first started, like it was all ridiculous, over the top. But then I started. Uh, I mean, I've never taken drugs. I, I don't drink anymore. I used to drink, but I. What made I was you stop? Never... I, I don't think I know this. What made you stop? Um, well, no, I was never a huge drinker. I was yeah. I was never a social drinker. Like I would never go out for a pint and watch the match or anything. I yeah. would always. I would. I would always only drink if I was on a night out. If I was going to get drunk. Yeah. Um, and the the day that I stopped, I was actually on tour with um, Hive Mind, or as they were then, Mass Immune. Hmm. Um, and because because if any
0: because if anything, Neil would drive you to drink if. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we love you, Neil. Sorry. Um, uh,
2: yeah, uh, yeah. He, he um, won't
0: be listening, so it's fine.
2: I'm going to move past that quickly. Um, <laughs>
0: look, look, he was asking her as well, and he made me want to rip me hair, so it's
2: fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, everyone's a to their opinion. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. Neil's, Neil's a nice guy. A no, nice no, guy. no, no, no. <laughs> Neil's
0: awesome, but he did make us want to rip your hair out sometimes. So. Um, <laughs>
2: that's just, that comes with being in Toxic Melons, though. That, some, yeah, no, that is true. You, we could be the best of friends, but as soon as you join it, you're just causing a whole heap of stress <laughs> on your life. Yeah,
0: we will get to that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, sorry,
2: I'll stop in the room. All right, yes, yeah, so, yeah. So we're on to it. We bought a big a couple of slabs of beer just for the tour because it was like a five day tour. And um, we played the first gig, I think it was in Hull. And uh we were just knack I went to sleep afterwards and then it was like being at a like Leeds Festival when you wake up in the morning and crack open a can and I was just like and we woke up the next morning and crack open a can, I was like, no, nah, I can't be fucking dealing with this. like there's no <laughs> I just can't be and then I was like, No, nah, I'm not gonna drink and then just as like I didn't drink for like any other dates on the tour, so that's like five dates and then I was just like I don't need it, I don't need the hangover, no. I don't need the lack of money or sending texts to people you don't wanna text or shit like that, I was like, I don't need it, and then just, even as you grow older, you stop going to clubs and stuff as much, so I, w- I would only drink when I went out anyways, so it just kind of fell off a bit, I mean, I still, I had a drink at Christmas, um, you know, you toast a birthday or something like that, but I, I don't drink, like, a couple of beers on a night time in front of the telly kind of thing, I don't do that shit anymore. Yeah, well,
3: that's
2: cool. Um, that's, so- that's just me, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not one of these guys that... You know, if 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 we go out and you have a pint with your meal, I'm going to be like tutting at you the whole time, going, "He kills your brain cells." You know, I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? (laughs) And to be fair though, I never have a pint with a meal anyway.
0: When I I rarely drink myself, and uh, it's just it's not refreshing to me. Like um, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway. Um, don't don't do drugs, kids. No, don't do
2: drugs. I mean, drink (laughs) drink responsibly, but don't do drugs.
0: Yeah. Um, and you know, if you do drink, don't drive.
2: Yeah, yeah. Let, let it be known.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, or or uh, don't drink and kill people. Kill people sober.
2: No. Yeah, if you if you're going to kill people, make sure you're sober so you can iron out your alibi yeah. without tripping over yourself.
0: Yes. Anyway, um, <laughs> so um, <laughs> so after. Um, after Rainfall down, was it? Because how yes. did you how did you meet uh, the lads in uh, Masamune at the time? And because they weren't even Masamune, were they? they were um, some. Uh, no, I know. Th-
2: I I think they were they were Masamune, but I think it was.
0: Um... I'm thinking of Hollywood and Vines, aren't
2: they? All right. Yeah. That, yeah. That was that was like a. Yeah, I'll I'll just cover Hollywood and Vines day quick. The really quick quick. Um, Hollywood and Vines was started by a, a really old dear friend of mine, Paul Barber. It was kind of his university project uh, to start a band and record an EP. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because me and Paul lived like five doors away from each other and he was actually one of the people I was talking about earlier who went to the cave he played guitar played, he was in a band called The Middle Stripe in, in school and it, he was just the coolest guy in school, he had the haircut, yeah. the jeans, the bloody uh, Epiphone guitar, he was the coolest guy he knew what, he was the singer, the lead guitarist he'd fucking shred on guitar, he's a cool um, but I liked the rap stuff, he liked the rock stuff, it was all doing your own thing and then as I started to learn the drums, it was just kind of like, it's weird that it, we kind of turned to each other and said, it's weird that we've never been in a band or anything together. So when his university project came up to do an EP, you just hollered at your boy and then we're in Hollywood <laughs> and Pines. And after the EP, we were like, actually, that was pretty fun. So we were just a group of friends uh, that would all grown up in school and in college and stuff. So we just kind of stuck it out for a bit. But then I think just life got in the way. um yeah, I think the bass player moved away, or something. I don't I can't remember. I can't remember, but it just kind of fell apart. But it was that was a fun project for a year or two. Mm-hmm. and That ran alongside Masamine, who's um, Masamine's a funny old thing because we've been going now for we're now Hive Mind. We've been going for seven years or so, <clears throat> uh, and it's we've always said like it seems too coincidental because there's four of us now. It started as three of us. Yeah. But we didn't. None of would knew each other before we joined the band. Like Steve, the guitarist, joined the band, uh, started the band. Rather sorry, with two other uh, people, and then Steve's, Steve's brother knows James's brother. James is the bassist. Yeah. So when they needed a bassist, friend of a friend kind of thing, got in touch with James, and then it was Steve and James for a while. And then James knows the aforementioned Milburn, who once again crops up in my life doing some <laughs> crazy madness shit. Uh, Milburn, uh, yeah, they needed a drummer, so Milburn reached out to me. Uh, he knew I was looking for another band. Then I joined, and it was just, it just seemed so. I, it's it's that cheesy thing that people always talk about, like the, the chemistry in the room, man. It was right, but it was just, yeah. I didn't I didn't want to go initially for the. Um, don't want to say audition, but like a jam session kind of thing. I didn't. I, could, I couldn't be asked to go because <laughs> um, it's. I mean, I'm from Shields. The thing was in Sunderland. I had to take my whole drum kit. It were was, you... a, I think it was Sorry, go on. I sorry, I'm
0: interrupting you. We on the we on the business course at the time.
2: Um, that's seven years seven now. You know, like... seven years. You might have been you know thought,
0: oh. It's crazy, isn't it?
2: Yeah. That's disgusting. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was like a Sunday morning or something. I was like, oh, I fucking can't be asked. And me, my mum was like, no, you should. Me, my mum's like, like I say, she's grown up with my granddad um, in the business, so to say. So she always knows an opp- not that I'm saying like hive minds me job or anything, but she always knows an opportunity might arise out of anything. So she always pushes us that extra mile. Yeah. Um, and she took us up there with me drum kit and dropped us off. And um, we had a really good, like, instant connection. It's, it's so weird. I, I don't want to sound too cheesy.
0: No, no, but no it, it, it was.
2: It, it's it, one of those things. I get it. Yeah. It's it's yeah. It's just so weird. None of we knew each other. We instantly got along. We all had the same musical influences. Like I've always said, this is a stupid thing, but I'm, my favorite band of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, as I'm sure you know, but I don't know if you listeners know. Um, and that, I, half of half of why I like them so much is that when you watch them live, they're all jumping around like fucking maniacs on stage. Yeah. And I, I don't know what it is, but I enjoy watching shit like that. Like, I, If I wanted to just listen to the record and watch people stand there, I'd stay in the house and watch them on videos. <clears throat> so I, I've always said, like, when I've been in bands with people, when we play live, jump around a bit. Like, I'm I'm sitting behind the drum kit. Like, I can't do anything. We're going to twizzle me sticks or whatever. But And then when I went for this jam with Mass Immune, like, we played the first song, and Steve's fucking jumping, backflips off the wall and shit. He's <laughs> doing all this He does thing. go for like, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was, but I, I didn't have to say anything to him. That's just how he felt, and I was like, this, this seems cool. This seems cool. So I, I didn't know Millburn was in the band. Oh, he wasn't. No, he wasn't in the band. He went to university with James. Ah, right, okay. So and, was James? Yeah, yeah, yeah. James
0: was singing originally then.
2: No, Steve was. <laughs> was he? Yeah, yeah, Steve, Steve was. Yeah. Um, okay. because it was his band, so he wrote all the songs. All right, can he sing?
0: Um, <laughs> I'm assuming he can sing. Well,
2: you get, well, this was a thing, right? Was there, was, always a, was there always a search for a singer? Oh, no. Okay. It was a three piece, and um, when when we first started, we had our own practice room at the bunker in Sunderland. Mm. Um, but we didn't have a PA system, and I was always because I was the last one during the band. I just thought, well, that's fine. We'll have a Steve can sing, he'll sing, and fine. So we booked some time. Literally, the first time I heard Steve sing proper was when we went in the recording studio to. Write the songs. Uh, yeah. to record the songs. Sorry. Yeah. And I, I, you know what it is, I love Steve to death.
3: <laughs>
2: he's an excellent guitarist. Writes some fucking mint riffs and some great lyrics. But that uh, that boy has some difficulty vocally, I must say.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, he's not the greatest singer, and he knows it now. He knows it now. But at the time, me and James just felt a bit like we felt like it was steve's band so we couldn't say to him steve we need to find a singer otherwise we can't go forward so for maybe a year or two i think we kind of stuck with steve as a singer before i think we'll realize that if we'll get another singer in because the music's great it's it, it, the music is like not, still to this day obviously i don't write the the, the music the um melody or anything like that because i'm just a drummer i write the drum beats but still to this day, some of the shit that Steve and James come up with is like some of this, um, something I've never heard before in my life. And I, I, I wouldn't still be in the band that seems to be just gigging locally if I didn't have belief in it. I, it's, it's some of, especially now that we've got Lauren as a singer, just some of the shit that will come up. And we're getting mixes back currently from the studio, from recording with Davey Wildman. and it's just blowing me away constantly. And I don't mean to blow me on trumpet or anything, but it's. I wouldn't be I'd still being in the band if it if it didn't continually surprise us and excite us to write this kind of music. So
0: Absolutely. And look I you know I always get a bit jealous when you can tell because you know I, you know what it's like <laughs> being in my band like you know it's yeah. it's not been easy to find musicians because they're all in other bands or you know we're getting of that age now where like people are having kids and getting married so not everyone's yeah. available all the time. So when you see like friends with like just a connection and they can, you know, that creative spark and, uh, you know, all uh, them cliched things that you said, you know, it's, it's true. Um, you know.
2: that that's, that's <laughs> a weird thing, like, cause when I joined toxic melons, I still, <laughs> this is a thing. I, I, I still don't say that I'm in toxic melons. I tend to say I played drums for, because obviously you have creative control, uh, but yeah. I know it's, I know it's still a joint effort, but yeah, whatever, whatever, that's, that's a separate subject. Um, when I joined Toxic Melons, it, it was weird because my only real proper experience of being in a band was uh, Massamine Slash Hive Mind, whatever you want to call it, and in Massamine, we all read from the same song sheets, so to say. It's, yeah, it, it all seems very easy musically, and to rehearse a practice, uh, to to organise a practice session or to organise a gig, just seems very easy. We all seem to be on the same page, know exactly what we want. And then when I joined Toxic Melons. Been through so many different lineup changes and yeah. people filling in just for one gig, and we we'll have to do a gig without a keyboard player and stuff. So it's just
3: no,
0: a bit mad. It.
2: So I, I do feel a bit lucky, um, but.
0: Well, I mean, you yeah, know, with members of the band, with Dale, you and Gary, you know, we are friends and we all get along as yeah. well. And that's what I'm kind of liking. Whereas, you know, and, it, it's absolutely nothing against, because you, you've kind of joined the band twice. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> the first time it really was like finding people randomly. Uh, yeah. And, you know, that's how we found Neil and that's how, and Neil, Neil can sing, but like he I think he would admit that he wasn't really suited for the Toxic Melons stuff. I think
2: probably, yeah, I think I'd probably agree with that um, as well,
0: to be honest. You know, and uh, Felix was great as well, but, like, he's a... I don't know, I've, I haven't heard anything from Felix for a long time, he was the, the keyboardist. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, we didn't even get to gig number one, to be honest, but... Um, Felix, Felix did play on the EP, because he also plays accordion, and, uh, yeah, he was really cool, but it, it was maybe <laughs> just a, a bit too of a mishmash of personalities, maybe. Um,
2: but... It was it was just that's that's the thing. It's, it was such a an, a weird environment. I mean, me and you were friends outside of the band. And you seemed to find other people that come into the join the band. It was just a bit weird. It was a bit of a yeah. Uh, I, I think people, maybe some people expected a bit more, something a bit different than what it was. But yeah. but the, yeah, like like you say, this this lineup we've got currently, we're all friends and we will all have fun when we practice and and when we gig, we we'll always have a laugh and stuff. So
0: true um yeah. and the next release will be a band thing instead of like bringing in names and stuff like that so it's, yeah you know, that's cool um <clears throat> and you know and the the obviously like say uh neil didn't work out with toxic melons but the good thing is that it led to him joining uh mazimune at the time um uh, yeah. and you know and, and things i mean neil has kids as well and you know uh Things just don't work out for whatever reason, but you know you did some really cool things with uh, Neil, including being on Channel Four. Uh, yeah, 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 For you know, for stand up for cancer. Um, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was that was really cool. Like, sort of uh, fill everyone in on like what happened because you really did just seize an opportunity that came up. And I mean, did for you the, did you for even the, think for a second that it was going to happen? Or?
2: The Channel Four thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, didn't think that. Would. It's just one of them things. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure everybody does it, especially if you're a musician. Where something just a competition comes up, or the, even them stupid things you see on like Good Morning TV, where it's get a chance to win fifty grand, and it's like, yeah, which of these things is yellow? Is it? <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Is it? A, a, I don't know. I can't, why can't I think of three things that is yellow, a, truck, a yellow submarine. It? Yeah, a yellow submarine. A fire truck. Or uh, Ed Sheeran's hair, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, Jack, you're meant stupid... to be a creative person and you had oh, trouble with Fuck coming. me, I don't know. It's late <laughs> it on a Saturday night. Oh, okay, it's, it's fine. I'm missing much match of the day for this. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the, so I mean, it was just an off chance, fuck it, might as well send something in. I knew Al Marie played drums, um, so when his name popped up, and we also um, had a gig in London. A couple of weeks after the date that was advertised for the show, so I thought, oh, maybe we could put the two together. That'll be quite funny, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then they got back to us and said yeah, the other one was on the show. So that's pretty cool.
0: cool. Yeah, there you had goes. to pick a comedian from a, or a celebrity from a list yeah. of celebrities, and they uh-huh. would do something for you for the day. Pretty much, you yeah, hired, that hired that a comedian. Yeah. And yeah. So
2: we. um So I was, yeah. So we tried to hire. hire Al Murray to be our roadie because, to be honest, the worst part of being in a band, especially being a drummer is fucking packing the shit down, putting it in the car finding some way to park, first of all yeah, close to wherever your drunk is, packing all the shit down in all the different bags, and each bag costs £100 because it's got to fit the exact size trying to shove it all in the car, then driving to the venue, unloading it, unloading it up three flights of stairs unpacking the shit finding somewhere to put all your bags out of the way of the audience setting the fucking thing up to play for half an hour in front of (laughs) no one to pack the shit back down again down three flights of stairs back in the right so you get the yeah. yep people don't realise it and you get paid fuck all for it uh, exactly exactly Um, so I was like okay I want a fucking famous person to do the job because I'm sick of this shit Uh, so I wanted Al Murray to be our roadie for the day but a good choice as well because he's a drummer he's a drummer and a comedian yeah So, boom, there you go. And uh, Channel 4 also obviously thought it was a good idea. So, we'll hook this up.
0: That's cool. I I just love the idea that there have been some completely unrealistic ones. Like, I want Paul McCartney to, you know, clean my
2: shoes or something, you know. (laughs) Well, no, there was was a, a list of celebrities that were available for it. It wasn't just like anybody. <laughs> like, I want the Queen to do the dishes for us or something. It like... But um, when, it, when it aired, I don't know if I should publicly air this out, Like, but when it aired, um, our segment was rather short on the TV show, and the segment afterwards was Katie Price going fishing. Yeah, And I, I'm, I'm not lying, I've still got it on Sky Plus downstairs on my telly. <laughs> there was a bit in the, in the Katie Price segment where they were talking about how she hasn't caught a fish yet and there was there was, a, there was a, a shot of her sitting on this boat with like a cricket noise playing over the top you know as, a, as if to indicate like nothing's going on uh, for like two a minute and a half two minutes and i was like what the fuck like we we put all this shit into our bit making sure it was like al drummer we even we played a couple of songs we put a gig on we had friends come from who we know from london come to the gig we played a song with Al Murray. We spent a whole day... I I, I did a 20-minute interview with him, because obviously... You did? Stand-up to cancer. I was talking about my granddad being a comedian. Al Murray, comedian, me, drummer, just doing stand-up. It all connected together. They didn't show one fucking second of that, <laughs> but they put two minutes of Katie Price sitting on the back of a boat. Yeah, but... Quicker noises over the top. But
0: yeah, but who has who nicer
2: tits? <laughs> me? <laughs> <laughs> no, but... Um, no, I, I I I get it, I get it, but it's, it was just a bit frustrating the time because, it, as well as me being on telly, the band being on telly, and that, I wanted to talk about my granddad as well. That was, yeah. was half of the point was that my granddad did have cancer, and he was a stand-up comedian, and he was a he was a fan of Al Murray. I used to catch him watching Al Murray on live at the Apollo or whatever. Yeah. So it's I just a sh- wanted. To, I it's, know, a, know, it's a
0: shame they can't let you have that footage. It would be pretty cool.
2: And oh, yeah, we, we emailed them afterwards, um, just to say like thank you, because the trip went very well. The, uh, they got us train tickets, hotel rooms. They, they, they came and um, they drove up from London to Sunderland to pick our gear up, to drive it back down while we got the train down. Yeah, and then drove back up. then not only drove us back up after the gig but drove up behind us with all our gear and dropped it all back off and then dragged back down to London. So, oh, wow. The, the, yeah, the, and we were all catered for all day with food and drinks, not a problem. They were very excellent, superb. I can't thank them enough for the shit. They were very nice people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I we emailed them afterwards saying, like, thanks very much. If there's anything we can do in the future or was any, you know, whatever, but they never come back. I, mean, I, I imagine it's just that's another project for them to take off the list and then to move on. I imagine they're very busy.
3: Yeah.
0: I hope everyone's enjoying my interview with Jack Johnson. I'll be back in a jiffy. Meet Barry.
1: He wanted to get a website for his removal business. He searched online, met a number of web companies, ended up with too many options to take on board. Then he hired a web
0: company. The company built a website, but there were many corrections. The company did not understand Barry's business. Barry then found Planet John. His
1: website was designed and built on one week's time. The site comes with free maintenance and works on laptops and smartphones. We even told the World Wide Web about
0: Barry's business at no extra cost. What are you waiting for? Contact us. www.pltjohn.com And now... Back to this year. Well, before we get from move from Madam Unit Hive Mind, we uh, did uh, the music business course. I mean, it was what two thousand and ten, and it. I mean, admittedly, and I've talked about this on past episodes as well. It was a pile of shite, basically, because um, <laughs> you know, bit the college wasn't in the best state at the time, and we didn't have full time teachers, etc. And um, and I flunked it, and you didn't, because <laughs> like, it was, <laughs> you know, because we just, I think we we were there, we were having fun, because we became really good friends, and we would just, we went to Nando's, basically, just about every day, (laughs) Uh, you know, we had like a one-hour lecture, and instead of, but the thing is, you go in ready to do some work, and then you get this boring fucking lecture and then it drains all the will out of you and then you just yeah. want to leave the college as soon as possible yeah yeah you know, blanford square was right it just really wasn't the best atmosphere to like really like
2: creative atmosphere to you know no
0: um
2: uh, well it was a one year course as well and i think we had three or four different teachers over that course
0: we did i we don't
2: did. think uh, they all taught with different things it was it was Oh, actually i won't say his name but the, the, the last lecture i came in who just kind of went? Everything you've been taught up to now is bullshit and wrong. Yeah, and he kind of he kind of set was straight, and we kind of yeah. turned everything around in the last couple of months. Oh I mean, yeah, well, well, so, well, some of we didn't, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did. <laughs> so <fuck laughs> that. Um, Yeah, and to
0: be fair as well, because I, you know, I got really down after that because I was thinking I've wasted my last chance at college and all that kind uh-huh. of stuff so um you know it was just and and you know the next year when everyone started going back to college or uni and i wasn't and it was kind of like right have to live in the real world now with like no particular qualification i mean i had got my degree in production but um you know i didn't really think about like making a career off it or trying to at least become self-employed or anything like that but um yeah. i mean it was what so uh it was about seven seven years before the teaching course
2: Jesus, really?
0: No, it can't be because it's 17 now, so five years. Five years. Fuck oh, hell,
2: that's scary, that one.
0: Yeah, it came up as an option. Well, at the time, a uh, teaching course came up as an option, but you had to pay to do it. And I think uh-huh. uh, the college are so bereft of teachers now that you know they paid you to do the course.
1: Uh, no so,
0: I mean, you So know, that's kind of what happened. And, uh, I, I think I had to maybe convince you a little bit that it would be a good idea. Uh, yeah. But I was sold on it immediately because it was student loans and it was kind of put, <laughs> putting life off for another year, you know. Uh, <laughs> to
2: be honest, but, I'm, I'm glad. I did it no, no, no. I've
0: got to say, same here. You know what I mean? Like, I, it was something that involves my skills and my knowledge and um,
2: yeah,
0: I ended up becoming more passionate about it than I ever thought that I would. And I'm yeah, sure true. You, you felt the same as well. Like.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I'm glad I did it, especially... Um, on the course where I do a placement and I did my placement at Shields College yeah. where I was a student and I'm, uh, after being a student I stayed friends with the lecturers there so when I went back as like a work colleague it was a different experience and a fun experience uh, yeah I did enjoy it but that, that business course man yeah. I can't, I, can't I, I don't even know what I got out of it other than a student loan <laughs> uh, in, in a sort of sick, twisted way, I kind of enjoy doing that dissertation, though.
0: Well, that's the thing—you get to talk about something you enjoy, and I—I—I yeah. I, I, I don't know. I probably I felt angry about stuff where I shouldn't have really felt angry, like you know about X Factor and stuff. Like that. And now I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and now as a yeah. and now as a self-employed songwriter if X Factor, were like, oh, write us a song. I would be like, yep. Like just you know, just, uh, you know wh- where do I get on both knees to suck that addictive? <laughs> again, you know? um, so yeah, I I don't know, whatever. I mean, things happen for a reason, and you know, I I didn't mind the course, but yeah, certainly got very little from it. And as well, around that time, music the music business was changing. We were there during like in the middle of the change, where you didn't really know what was going to come next. Uh-huh. And, and I would say that a lot of what we learnt yeah, probably isn't relevant now.
2: Uh yeah yeah that's a good point actually I would probably agree
0: um,
2: probably um, agree. yeah that's, that's a good point actually it wasn't a weird a weird up in the air state wasn't it I can't I can't remember what was big at the time well
0: not, even in t- not just in terms of that but in terms of how you promoted and presented your music yeah and, streaming you know, was new streaming was new and you know I think now. Yeah, you, know, you, you can make a you can make a living without having to be signed to a label, and yeah. um, you know you, you can look. You know you can use hindsight a lot more now, and you can probably predict the future now more than you could have like ten years ago.
2: Uh-huh. Um, I think you're probably right.
0: You know, I think everyone lives in like a, a retrospective uh, kind of society now, where you know you kind of like I say, you do look you, you do look back more, and you you know you see patterns and whatever and you know yeah um yeah but but we did with you know friendship maintained and uh you know
2: which <laughs> just, just just wait just to interrupt um you were just talking about um trends and stuff yeah you you were shocked the other day when i said to you that i think drake's probably the biggest artist in the world right now
0: um yeah i mean i t- but again but you know I'm not the person to really ask about it. I would have probably just assumed like some like an artist like Justin Bieber or like One Direction or that kind of thing
2: um hmm, i suppose it, i mean i think i think One Direction like Justin Bieber um to be perfectly honest or Lady Gaga
0: I, or someone like that
2: well lady gaga is probably she's up there most definitely um Justin Bieber well i i i based me drake quotation on the fact that um, he on his last album he broke his own world record for streaming, like for how fast oh, really? and how, yeah, so he broke he's, he made the record like the world record and then broke it on his last album, so I mean, you don't get much bigger than breaking your own world record um, but with Justin Bieber to be perfectly honest, his last album I quite enjoyed because I think as a big hip hop fan, I think he's grown up a lot since he's Whatever you know, the shit he came out with when he first came out, what well, was it, boyfriend or some gay? Some <laughs> sorry, that's the wrong way. He, he had he had he had yeah. the, the haircut and he was like 13 years old or whatever. Well, he was
0: he was a child star. He was marketed towards yeah you know,
2: yeah exactly. But I think since then he's grown up a bit. I think his last album was very. I think people automatically see Justin Bieber and switch it off. Whatever say, oh he's garbage or oh, he's a dickhead. He spits on his fans. He he speeds when he's got is he well yeah of course he is he's 19 he's a millionaire <laughs> he's gonna be a dickhead like yeah. you know what i mean it doesn't matter he made that song all that matters and that is a fucking tune so he can speed with his ferrari all he's like he keeps making bangers i don't really care does. yeah but yeah I, I think he grew up a lot and i think his last album was very hip-hop influenced and they had it had some hip-hop producers and features on who I thought were great, so fuck it, I enjoyed it, so it's whatever. But um <laughs> One Direction Directionist stuff like that, I think is aimed towards younger people, which is a whole different market in itself really, because that's when the kids are pushing the parents to go buy them tickets to the gigs and that. So.
0: True. And I know One Direction aren't around anymore as well. I'm not like completely... Oh, yeah, that's a good point. So um, I completely um, forgot about but that. But the, the thing <laughs> is, I mean, the the, bit, the tiny bits I've heard of... Because um, the thing is, though, I think people maybe think I'm a bit close minded I like so much new music, just none of it is in the charts. Um, <laughs> and um, the bits that I've heard, you know, it sounds more mature. And, like, you know, they, I'm sure they bring in certain writers. I mean, have you heard the new Harry Styles Song,
2: no, I've seen people talking about it on social media and stuff. It
0: is very, very uh, David Bowie uh, sort of Sp- Space Odyssey kind of. Uh, All right. You know, it, it's just kind of ballad sort of thing. It's nothing, you know, new. Certainly nothing new,
1: um,
0: yeah. and. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if people should be really. It's not up to me to decide what people you know think, but like people are making kind of maybe a bigger deal of it than you know just because of where he came from. Um,
2: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. That's exactly what I mean. But
0: But I I think. But if you bring if you bring in like you know the greatest writers in the world and you know the best producers and stuff, it better sound good. Otherwise, you. (laughs)
2: That's true.
0: You're a bit fucked, you
2: know. good a point. I think myself personally. I went through a big change from um, probably from the business course onwards. Yeah. In that I remember, like some of my friends who aren't musicians, um, who aren't really even big on music, would you know they'd like the stuff that's in the charts, and the the go see bands that you know like Steps do a fucking reunion tour or something and then go see it because it's nostalgic or whatever. Yeah. And in the past, maybe five, six, seven years ago. I'd be like, oh, he's a fucking dickhead for liking the new Harry Styles song, or I can't believe he's a, he's a fucking shitman. Go and support your local artists and stuff like that. But now it's like, oh, okay, they like that stuff. Yeah. I like this stuff. Just I'm... let them... Why Why am I bad-mouthing someone who enjoys that kind of music? Just no, let totally, them enjoy it. Okay? totally.
0: That was, that was my thing about the, the whole X-Factor, Joe McKeldry thing as well. But I think it was more... Uh, the, I, I'm not going to go too much into it, but the college is <laughs> sort of like, you know, getting too behind it. But I mean, looking at it now, they probably should have. You know, you can't blame them. They you know, they're no, business and stuff like that. But I think it was just at the expense of other aspects of, you know, yeah the college. But that. um but no, I certainly wouldn't judge I like I used to get really pissed off, but like, meh, whatever. Like uh, like as an artist, you've got have to find your own audience. You ha- you don't have to, you like don't spend your time caring about people that aren't gonna like you stuff. You know what I mean? Or like like yeah. other stuff. Find There'll be people that like you, your stuff, and that's what you should spend your time working on, and you become yeah. a lot less stressed, and a lot less fucking angry and bitter, and just, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah.
2: It, it, it's easier said than done, in fairness, because if you, like, me and you, separately, struggle, like, um, with Hive Mind or whatever, and you will do your toxic melon and stuff, and you switch on the telly, and you see some fucking idiot <laughs> making some fucking daft song, or some novelty song gets number one and it sells a million copies, and you just think, "How? Like, I'm trying so hard and I'm getting nothing back." And, yeah. But then you just think, yeah. Yeah,
0: just, you also have to think things. of how many other probably more talented people
2: than us are struggling as well. <laughs> that's true. I know ten off the top of my head. So yeah. Yeah, true.
0: like I mean, as that's well, true. the whole session thing as well. Most of my heroes, they make uh, their money off doing session stuff. Uh-huh. Um, you know they don't make money off their solo albums because their stuff yeah. is so niche. Um, you know, th- yeah,
2: but your music tastes more niche than mine, I would say.
0: It, no, it, it probably it probably is, but you know, I I again would never hold anything against like people doing session stuff, no matter what it is. Like, oh no, of, course, of uh, course. Whereas you know, back in the day, I might have a little. It's just I, I remember having an argument with a with someone that we both know. i will not mention his name. Um, uh-huh. it it like incredible guitarist and um he just said, Oh yeah, if I got offered yeah, hypothetically if I got offered to play guitar for one direction live be like, no, I wouldn't want to lower my standards and I'd be like, fuck no fucking sodomize me with a rusty fishing hook (laughs) and I'll (laughs) fucking lower my standards for money, you know what I mean? (laughs) Never mind playing guitar for You know, and the thing is as well, is you know, I hate to say it as a producer, because I'm not really a producer, but like as a songwriter <laughs> and someone who's got a qualification, you end up... Well, you know,
2: but no, you end up, like, sort of... Uh, pre- you might as well have said, as a songwriter and a man who wears a pair of socks. <laughs> <laughs> as a human sitting here.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, as, as someone who spent two years getting a qualification, that leads to no jobs whatsoever. Um, no, you can appreciate even, like, you know... Uh, Throwaway pop songs or whatever, how well put together they are, and why they have reached that audience. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, of course. That song has something in, maybe in the production. Like we will learn something. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with it called Golden Ratio, um, where it, it's some mathematical equation where you you take the song, you half it, and then you divide it by four some shit, and then you put
2: <laughs> a then, qualification coming in handy. Yeah, <laughs> some shit some,
0: some yeah some shit uh, no but it was it was interesting I mean not interesting enough for me to remember.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but no it was like you do
0: this mathematical golf qualific- like I'm, I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put the thing underneath the show for people to not check out um okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like you do this you do this sum or whatever and then you end up at like say one minute and 32 in the song. Or uh-huh. However long the song is, and then you put something there like a triangle hit or like a xylophone or something, and apparently that like just heightens the song at that moment, and you Ooh. notice it like it's just subliminal kind of shit, kind of okay. like I mean it's less subliminal, but like how a key change really picks it up or you
2: know. yeah, uh, but I mean I hate key changes. Jesus Christ! What was <laughs> I was I was in the car the other day. I was listening to the something on the Michael Jackson song on the radio.
0: Okay. Oh, was it Man in the Mirror because that's got a hell of a key. Uh,
2: no, it was one of these quieter, more ballady ones. But anyways, it had two key changes <laughs> in. And I was like, "Oh, Jesus." Yeah. I, I can't get away with them. I like I, can't get away with them. I
0: like key changes when you don't know that they're there. Yeah, um, when
2: when they when they're subtle. They're, but when it's just like repeating a chorus. Oh yeah. And yeah, then just suddenly just go like the strings go Damn! Oh, me. Yeah, no, I can't. No, I can't take
0: it. Yeah, no. The, if you can get to a key change through a very clever chord progression, um, a two-five-one. Two, yes. Uh, oh. Um, um, and you know it can be done, but uh, yeah, no, I do cringe at certain uh, chord progressions. Um, yeah. I, this has nothing to do with anything, but like, I, <laughs> I, I just need to bring this up because it was really funny. My mum's a big Shaken Stevens fan. And uh, and um <laughs> I was watching a video on YouTube of him performing a song and it was in front of like an audience of mams basically. And <laughs> he's like he's hamming it up and everything and he's gone up the stairs like shaking hands while singing the song and the Mate. song the song fits, uh, fades out and he walks behind a curtain and then he just <laughs> and then once the song ends he just walks back out again and like starts <laughs> like <laughs>
2: showbiz
0: sure <laughs> Like I loved it. Like you know, it's always a bit cringy when you watch it, like Top of the Pops or whatever, when the mime into a song and it fades out. Yeah, they have yeah. To, they have to just stop it. <laughs> yeah, pretty bad. Really bad. Um, but yeah. Anyway, let's get back on topic. From um okay. Um, as I mean, uh, to Hive Mind. What was the process uh-huh. the thinking behind that?
2: Uh yeah. So um, like you say, we had Neil in the band. Yeah. Um, and then that didn't quite work out for whatever reason. Uh, and then we, we got Lauren in the band, who was a, a boyfriend of a friend of the band. A boyfriend? A girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, sorry, you you breaking up? Are you still there? I'm still there. All right, sorry, sorry about that. I don't know if, you, if you've got to cut that out. The thing, whatever. Anyway, um, yeah. So then we got Lauren in, uh, who we still have in, and we just kind of went through. It just we're still in the same band because me. Uh, Stephen James is still there. We're still writing the same kind of music. We haven't changed in that sense. Yeah. But it just felt different. Not not because she's a, a lady now, and we have only had men in before. It just I don't know felt different. So we just thought we're gonna. At first, we were just like we're gonna rebrand, so to say. We're gonna make create a logo, and we always used to have the same social media strategy and the same font on posters and stuff like that. We just thought we're going to change it up a bit. Yeah. And then we just kind of ran with it and just thought, we should change the name because it just feels different. Even though we're the same people, we're not going to change our outlook and how we'll create songs. We're not going to change the way we'll make songs or write songs. Yeah. We just thought it felt different. So H- Hive Minds is a song that we've had since it was still a three-piece. It's a seven-minute long song. It goes on. It's a mad. It's got four or five different parts in it. But we've never quite found a way to put it in a set or put it on an album it's just a bit too intense we haven't bro- broke it down yet yeah but but we've always quite liked the name Hive mind where we thought we're going to call an ep this we're going to change uh we're going to sorry we're going to call what album High mind we just thought oh we'll it change it's it's been a, a name that's been lingering over the band for a while so we just thought okay we'll we'll go with that Hive mind and then boom there you go well i
0: i, I remember seeing the the list of potential names Right, yeah. Yeah, and none of them were cringeworthy as well, so that's good. Oh, that's good, that's Um, good, thanks. Uh, But with the songwriting, though, do you you feel like maybe it has changed in a way because, you know, your singer has probably a a bigger range than Neil did, just with her being a female singer? You know, um, does it allow a bit more experimentation with the melody and stuff like that, or...?
2: Uh, well, one huge difference is that she writes a lot of her own lyrics. Okay, and a lot of her even songs. We've got a couple of songs on the album that already had lyrics written that Steve had written before, and she's not only took them on board, but she's <laughs> taken words out, changed words in, put extra. She's, she's excellent at improvising. This nothing I've seen before. We we'll go in the studio. Obviously, you know how a studio works. You lay all the instruments down, and the vocals are the last thing to go on top. Yeah. And should do a main vocal, fine, no problem. And should just be like, just hit record and I'll just do some shit. <laughs> and should do oohs and ahs and harmonies, falsettos. And it's just, it's just, I don't know, it's a ridiculous thing to say because a singer should be able to sing. But the vocals are something that you sh- that have to be perfect. Like you can have, obviously, you don't really want a guitar to be out of tune or anything, but you can sometimes make a mistake on a guitar but think, actually, it sounds pretty good, I'm going to leave it in. Yeah. But with vocals, if you have to do it line by line, word by word, verse by verse, chorus by chorus, whatever it takes to get the right take. But with Lauren she just likes going top to bottom, boom, okay, let's do another track, I'll do some harmonies, I'll do some ad libs, and then it's done and it's it's incredible to watch. So was she self taught? Uh... uh as far as I know, yeah. I mean she plays guitar and stuff as well. She's um usually how it's worked before is me, Stephen James have wrote the songs just by jamming or someone'll come up with a little guitar riff or something. But she's actually in the last couple of weeks came to us and said, "I've got some songs. She plays guitar, she plays keyboard." So we just thought, "Okay, we'll we'll run with it." So now she, she's even writing songs, like musically as well. So uh, it's
0: pretty. It's awesome. it, it,
2: it's it's good. It's it's not to say. I mean, not that we didn't have a problem with if if Neil didn't write lyrics or anything, it was, I was fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it's just good. I mean, another. It's just another input to have, isn't it? <clears> it's. We know that she's, it's, it's a difficult way to explain it, but say I write the drum part, so that drum part is how I feel that drum part should go, you know what I mean? Yeah. So then when she writes the lyrics and the melody, that's how she feels about the song. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like she's singing somebody else's lyrics. Like if Steve wrote the lyrics and she sang them, that's Steve's feelings that she's singing. Yeah. But if she writes them, she, she means it and she knows the intent behind it. So that's I think, I think that, that was a big deal for me. Because I'm all about
0: that. No, that goes a long way, and you know, I think with uh, toxic melon stuff, it kind of does help that Dale is an actor as well. Um, oh yeah, You know, because like yeah. I think he, he I, thankfully, he does really like the songs, but he's able to, you know, emote them in a way that like you know other people might not be able to, which is which is ideal, really. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. you know, I can't really sing. Uh, but yeah, let's let's uh, let's wrap up. Um,
2: okay. Um, can, I just, can I just say, this is this is two of the nasaliest blokes speaking <laughs> for about an hour. Like, just both of us are like we've got cold constantly.
0: Yeah, no, I I say this on every episode as well. Like, I'm usually fine, and then I sit down, and then my nose blocks up, and I'm usually sneezing and coughing and stuff. Yeah, like, I know.
2: Like, my, I've I've been cutting the grass today in the garden. My hair fever is all over the yeah, place.
0: Yeah, I haven't done it yet. I'm going to be doing it on Monday. The grass, but
2: he uh, uh, <laughs> scheduled that in for Monday. Scheduled it in. Got um, a hectic day tomorrow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um yes yeah, so uh where can people find Hive mind and uh what you got coming up?
2: Uh well for, well facebookcom HivemindMU that's all one word mm. is our facebook page. Uh well, of course do you mean me or, no, or no. the band? Yeah Hive, Hive
0: mind and yourself and then we're going to uh, chat a little bit about toxic Mounds what that we've got coming up as well.
2: Okay. Uh yes yeah, so so Hive mind so at the minute uh, yeah, like I say we're in and out the studio well, we're out the studio now we've recorded, so we're getting all the all the mixes back for the album stuff, which is really exciting. I'm really, really enjoying how they're going. Mm-hmm. Uh as far as gigs, we haven't got anything set up at the minute. We'll just come off the back of a big gig at the Academy, the the Pogue's Irish Whiskey gig, which is a whole thing I can't even bother getting getting new. <laughs> but we're gonna be um, booking some more gigs around the country, around the UK, um because we've done a lot of gigs in the North East so just to keep it exciting for ourselves to get out there a bit more. We're we'll going to do some more. We're in the middle of setting some of them up. Um, me, uh, I'm on Twitter, at JackJohnson710. Uh, Stand-up, I'm doing the stand in a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm doing the Chuckling Monkey, which uh, has just come back to the Chillingham Arms. Uh, the first event sold out, so that's really good. Yeah. we are so, we
0: are lucky that we uh, the, the podcasters get international listeners this won't apply to any of you
2: <laughs> um, oh sorry yeah sorry, sorry, that's,
0: sorry no no not all like i get lots of local uh you know acts on anyway as well uh yeah, yeah these are these are local venues but uh you can contact obviously jack online
2: oh yeah just yeah i'm on twitter um if you like pictures of me cat and football <laughs> Uh, then at Jack Johnson seven ten. And I, I promote stuff all the time. I promote open mic nights that I do on there. So you know if you wanna just you can follow us there and we can chat and spit game. Awesome. Uh it, yeah I've got um I did a mixtape with my friend Martin who goes by Harbor Master. Uh, the lowercase mixtape which is available on ACMT Records Bandcamp. Um, but it's all over my Twitter page if you want to do that. We're also in the process of making the second one, so that'll be out a couple of months probably.
0: That's pretty cool. See, and you,
2: that's, that's rap stuff.
0: But you keep yourself really busy as well, which you know, yeah. You know, again, we've got qualifications, but not exactly qualifications that guarantee jobs. And, yeah. Uh, you know, this is kind of you have to, you have to just keep plugging away. I know it's a cliche, but you know, uh, so many people. Either give up or they have to because of you know obligations and stuff like that. Whereas you know uh-huh. I think we'd rather die than have children. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. <That>
2: certainly would.
0: <laughs> um, so yeah, in uh, Toxic Melons we've got a couple of things coming up. Uh, just announced today, twentieth uh, of. April, we'll be playing a record store day outside of Windows, and uh, that's a cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. cool gig to have because uh, the queue is usually out the door for all the new releases that are coming out. Uh, so we are playing at 10 a.m. I oh, know, sorry, Jack.
3: Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> on, sat- on a fucking
2: Saturday, man. On Jesus. a Saturday,
0: yeah, but we'll go for lunch. It'll be
2: fine. I will better.
0: From all the record sales, that will uh, you know. Um, <laughs> And we do have a stand-in singer for that, uh, our uh, friend Rob uh, will be standing in, because again, it, you know, band members have uh, obligations and can't sometimes do gigs, which is frustrating, but can't be helped. Um, and then uh, we are playing the Cavern Club for the second time, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah. That'll be May 16th and 17th for the International Pop Overthrow. Uh, we are on in the evening, I'll give more information, it's around half six each night, uh, and obviously records and stuff will be available there. And then on the, twi- I,
2: I, I'm going to try and get a, I'm going to try and get a stand up gig around then as well. Yeah, absolutely, Liverpool.
0: absolutely should. I'll, uh, I know, I've got a couple of contacts that I'll try and get them to have a look around.
2: Oh, at cool. Them, at okay, the very okay. least,
0: uh, there was a, there is a uh, comedy place on Matthew Street though, where the cavern is, because yeah, we look. Yeah, true. Uh, so okay, definitely- I'll,
2: I'll, that's true. That's true. So that's I'll find
0: someone definitely worth having a look um, and then it's almost like we're an actual band on the 20th of May uh, it's our EP launch at, um, at uh, Bar Logo
2: Bar Logo yeah
0: yes with bands from uh, Boston uh, uh, bands from LA more than a feeling <laughs> yeah Boston sorry Boston are actually going to be playing um, just that one song because that's the only one that I know I'm um, going to be
2: singing it <laughs> unfortunately
0: that's okay. Uh well no you did a great job there.
2: Um Cheers mate, thanks.
0: So yeah, and a uh, little bit of business before we play you a superb song from Hive Mind. Uh you know the crack, uh, you hear it every week. Uh, if you would like to support the show, there's a big green button at the top of the page, a uh, Patreon button where you can basically give me money for free. Uh but you know I, d- I well it's true but
2: come on Paul, no. no, no, no a bit better. No
0: no me. no it's true but like I, I, to be honest I, if you want to help keep the show running uh i really appreciate it but what i would prefer you do is check out toxicmelons.bandcamp.com and uh check out my music and then you get something in return uh which is pretty cool but you can also become a show sponsor and all that good stuff uh so check out Pablo's, Pop- <laughs> Pablo's podcast on facebook uh where you'll be notified of upcoming guests uh we'll have all of Mazamine on at one point and my Malz- oh shit all of Hive Mind. <laughs> yeah, that was a slip up. That won't be edited out. Uh all of Hive Mind on it at one point, I'm pretty sure. Well, to promote the album, uh that'll be pretty good. Yeah,
2: cool.
0: yeah, definitely. Yeah, that will be great. Uh and yeah, tons of more cool stuff coming up. And uh thanks to the sponsors, as usual. Fifteen show five sure tips for relieving back pain. I've pulled a muscle in my back. And the book is coming in very handy at the moment. Um, so, yeah, do check it out. And Andrew, the writer of the book, who played a track on the 4Play EP, he'll be playing at the Cavern Club as well. Um, he's coming mm. over from Philadelphia, uh, born and raised. Um, and <laughs> that's 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 my hip-hop knowledge, worn out in one second. Uh, God spot. damn it. Uh, no, I know, um, <laughs> uh, I know. Yeah, is? so he'll be playing as well, so that'd be pretty Cool. So yes. uh, Before we go, thank you again, Jack, for coming on the show, especially last minute. Um, No problem. Thanks very much. And uh, we're going to play a track from Hive A track of your choice. Which would you like?
2: Track of my track. Well, my personal favourite is a single uh, that we put out already. Called Gods and Guns, which is available on iTunes and streaming sites and all that good stuff. The video is also on our Facebook page, so feel free to check it out.
0: Cool, and links will be put below the show as well. So again, thanks, Jack, for uh, coming on the show, and I will—I'll see you very soon. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, thanks again to everyone listening.
2: Great, thanks very much. Cheers.